Hey, this is Dr. Darwin. Are you looking for some mentorship, some accountability, some help with getting all of this application and getting into dental school and getting into residency and then just your life as a new dentist? Look, I'm having monthly, twice a month, live coaching sessions and office hours so we can talk about all of that. I don't want you to struggle with the application process. I don't want you to struggle uh, with getting ready for interviews. I don't want you to struggle about what list of schools and programs to apply to. We talk about all of that in our group, our monthly group called Dr. Darwin On Demand. Dr. Darwin On Demand. Check it out down below here. And then also, if you're interested and you want to get that help so you don't have to struggle anymore, so that you can get some mentorship, some accountability, and some help. Hit this link right here. Hit that link right there so we can get you signed up and enrolled today. Today. Your future starts today. And I'm here to help you. This is Dr. Darwin. And join my members-only community called Dr. Darwin On Demand. Look forward to seeing you soon, okay? Now back to this episode. Enjoy. Prosthodontics residency is one of the many different specialties in dentistry. Stay tuned as we talk to a prize resident in our new series called Four Quadrants of Questions. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Dr. Darwin, a new dentist coach, with another episode of Ask Dr. Darwin on the New Dentist Podcast Show, where we talk about many different things. But this episode is about four quadrants of questions. It's this video series where we highlight the different parts of dentistry, different specialties, and also different focal areas so that we gain insight as to what life is as a practicing dentist, as an oral health practitioner, but also as a resident in training as well. Today, we're going to be talking about prosthodontics. And uh, our first guest is a recent grad, and he's going to tell you all about himself. But also, we're going to ask him about 32 questions, right? 32 teeth, 32 questions uh, for this first episode of Four Quadrants of Dentistry. So let's get started talking about pros. Uh, so what's your name, sir? Who, who, who are we talking to today? <laughs> Afternoon or morning, everybody. My name is Dr. Webster Felix, uh, and I'm a first year. Well, I just started my second year at USC Prosthodontics, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm still alive, so we That's good. That's right. That's right. So let's get into <laughs> yeah. these questions, these 32 questions here. Uh, so where are you from? Uh, so I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in Philly all my life, uh, and uh, so yeah, I, I hail from the East Coast, but I, I, I rep Philly. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Now you mentioned that you're a pros resident, uh, prosthodontics residents, and and uh, wh what were you doing before prosto? Like 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 where did you go to undergrad school, and what was your major? Okay, uh, I went to Temple University undergrad. I was a, a biology major, um, so I got my BS in biology from Temple University. Graduated in 2011. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And where'd you go to dental school? I went to Columbia University College of Dental Medicine in New York, graduated in 2015. So right out of uh, undergrad, I went straight to dental school and uh, I joined the Navy. So I'm actually currently still active duty right now so on the active duty scholarship. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with that, that means you didn't necessarily take a gap year between uh, Temple and Columbia. You kind of transitioned right into to dental school, right? Yep. Graduated May 2011. I uh, had a little bit of a summer and then dental school uh, white coat ceremony was August 14th, 2011. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're going to stay on this quadrant of dental school. Uh, why, why dentistry? Why did you pick dentistry? Well, it's funny enough, I think uh, most most dentists will have like, uh, like an experience with an orthodontist from what I've heard. Like it, I call it like the, the gateway drug to dentistry because 
you know, most young kids, like you, you're in the orthodontist office every two or three weeks, they're doing the tightening, they're doing this and that. And uh, my orthodontist, I'll never forget Dr. Anthony Farrell in Philadelphia. He, um, he was my ortho and he taught me everything. Well, he showed me everything that he was doing. I just thought it was cool. And I would sit in the chair and then I'd have like six chairs lined up next to me. And he just bouncing from chair to chair. And he was just so cool. I thought he was so cool. And so that would spark my interest. Um, and that was from seventh grade to ninth grade. I was with that orthodontist. Um, and then when I saw what he was able to do with my, my smile, because you know, I had some some buck joints, like my teeth were like, hey. <laughs> yeah, man, so, I know. Uh, I remember that. I remember that feeling. <laughs> Me too. I had some spaces between my teeth. Oh, yeah. All oh, of that, yeah. man. All of so that. I was like. I was like, this is dope. And that, that gratification I got when I took the braces off in ninth grade and, and I was just like, I like this. So yeah. that was definitely what, what sparked my interest. Yeah. What, what, what did you like most about, about dental school? I would say, honestly, the friends that I met, um, you know, like I think there's something to be said about going through uh, an experience like that with like-minded individuals, people who are there for the same goal, people who you know, care about teeth, um, which is very rare to find. Like in my class was like 82 or 83 or something like that students. So we were a very tight knit group. And so I would say they are what helped me through dental school, definitely keeping my sanity. Um, but, you know, to this day, some, some of my best friends are students I graduated with. So, you know, I yeah. think the people that, that I've met and the, the connections that I've been able to make both professionally and you know, personally, I think that that is, you know, Probably not the intention of dental school. I should probably say something like, you know, a, a root canal or something like that or post right, something like right. that. But I, I, for me, it was the people. The people, yeah. the people. Uh, well, yeah. let's flip it. What what was the, your least favorite part about dental school? I would probably say. Uh, I know there's like probably the, a my, long list. But. Yeah, there's, there's a list. Like we got how much time we got. <laughs> no, I would say like, I don't know, like the microbiology, like that, those classes, because we were, we, at Columbia, we're parallel with the med students for the first year and a half or so. And right. in addition to that, we're still in preclinic and still like, I think our Fridays were preclinic time um, for the first two years. And then Monday through Thursday, we're in there with the med students. And then, uh, you know, we were graded on an honors pass fail for most of our classes, but um, I think it was, it was pretty rough. Definitely a lot of sleepless nights. Um, so yeah, the exams, I would say, but it's a necessary evil. So I guess I can't hate it too much, but yeah, yeah if yeah. I had to say one, then that, that would be it. Part of the process, part of the process, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the hardest part for you? Hardest part of dental school? And 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 how did you overcome it during your, your time there? Um, I would say maybe early on, like uh, when we just started clinical, um, you know, I felt like I was kind of being underutilized and in, in that like I, I was the self-proclaimed profi king because every case that came in it was it was a profi like that that was me that whole summer and I'm like you know two years I've been you know working and preparing for this moment and I'm sitting there just itching to actually do something and so I think you know you just got to know your limits and know the expectations of you um, and not take it too hard that you're doing profis or you know you kind of getting acclimated with patient care so um, but that initially I remember that was just a very frustrating time for me um, but eventually things rolled around and I ended up with some pretty cool cases. So, you know, just having patience and understanding, you know, trust in the process, like it's, it's going to be okay. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was for me the most frustrating early on. Yeah. And I know, you know, while you're in school, there's a process of thinking about what you're going to do next. Right. So did you during your time uh, first, second, or even probably later than that, maybe your third year, but early on, did you have an idea as to what specialty or what focal area in dentistry that you wanted to, you know, be a part of? Um, early on, honestly, and I think Columbia is pretty heavy in pediatrics. Um, and, you know, I think I, you know, I, I do well with children. Like I have a niece and nephew at the time who were like, you know, toddlers and, you know, I just let of kids, Uncle Webby, let of kids. So I just thought, pedo would be it but then I started to do rotations and uh, after my first pedo rotation I was like nope I ain't gonna be able to do this uh you know I like kids but you know I don't like I don't want someone else's kid screaming in my lap when I'm trying to do some dentistry dentistry is hard <laughs> enough as it is so I was like nix that um and then I think rotations through all the different that was one really cool experience about dental school was the rotations um I did a rotation at Woodhall Hospital which actually was the hospital I was born at um, and like it was oral surgery rotation and I did so much surgery and so much, and it was just 
anything that I could dream of. Like they were guiding me and letting me just kind of just go for it. And I felt like that, that uh, autonomy that I got on those rotations gave me a glimpse into, you know, what my future dental practice or dental life could be like. Um, and funny enough, like uh, I had a prosthodontist who was a mentor to me, who is a mentor, Dr. Magnani, and he actually interviewed me for dental school. And he was constantly pushing me throughout my four years of dental school. He's like, nah, you're going to be a prosthodontist. Gonna, don't, waste, <laughs> don't, don't waste your talents. Like, he was recruiting already. He was like, you're going to be a prosthodontist. <laughs> so I didn't really, like, I didn't believe him at first, you know, and I love prosthodontists, like uh, fixed, fixed cases. Like I just enjoyed that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, he kept pushing me, pushing me. And then funny enough, out of dental school, I actually applied for endo, mm. which, yeah, because uh, I did a rotation uh, or a global health externship in DR, and uh, I was doing a lot of root canals. And I consider it like a video game. So I was kind of like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, you just go down the file, you know, take an x-ray, do the apex locator, get the beep, beep, beep. So I thought that was cool. Um, but then with the Navy, they pushed me another route. So yeah, long story short, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I guess Pros was always in me from, from the jump. So yeah, well, I mean, you, you mentioned three. You mentioned Pros, you mentioned Pedo, and you mentioned Endo. Which, were mm -hmm. there any specialties that you knew definitely that you did not? did not want to do i mean i was really open to most um i knew ortho for me no offense to the orthodontist out there and like i said dr farrell my ortho the first one who introduced me no offense but i thought ortho was boring um and so i personally didn't want to didn't want to do ortho but um i appreciate ortho for bringing me to the dental world but um yeah ortho was the only one i really kind of was like uh it's not really my thing yeah um even oral surgery, like I don't mind all the, I don't mind bloody gory kind of, but you know, when it comes to like, you know, LaForts and all that kind of like really oral max space, that wasn't really my lane either. Um, I enjoyed taking out wisdom teeth, one in 16, a roll right out if you talk to it right. So, you know, I, I enjoyed that. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was really just ortho was kind of like a, I crossed that off and then pedo yeah. after that rotation. But, yeah. Yeah. So we, so, you know, we know you're in process residency and you mentioned it as being one of the three that you were kind of exploring and had some experience or, or some um, exposure to, what eventually, what about Prost that made you kind of just fall in love with it and be the, the specialty uh, for you? Well, when I, um, like I said, when I, I was in the Navy, or I was in the Navy two weeks before I started dental school is when I swore in. So currently still active duty. Uh, out of dental school, I did an AGD. And then I was solo dental doc for a 600 unit um, construction battalion out of Port Wenewee, California for two years. Um, we deployed to Okinawa a couple of times. And as a solo doc on this unit where there's some CBs who've been there for five, six years on this operational unit, they literally are cycling in and out, doing missions, doing operations. And so none of them really have time for comprehensive dentistry, you know? And so I found that while I was deployed and kind of stuck with a captive audience, I'm looking around and I'm seeing like just like a lot of just patchwork dentistry that was done. Granted, they got to get off and, you know, get on with the mission. But, you know, if I got these these patients of mine here in my possession, in my purview for X amount of time and I could do some full comprehensive dentistry, get them to, you know, see perio, get them to the different specialties and kind of quarterback treatment plans. Um, you know, I found that that was very gratifying for me. Um, and, I, you know, I, to this day, like, you know, I'm still facebook friends with some of my former patients and they just like you know they still hit me up and it's just like it's just so cool to see that i was actually able to kind of at least you know give them a little bit more than just like the hey amalgam and get on the ship amalgam get on the plane get out of here sort of thing which again it's necessary because you know we're here to fulfill a mission in the navy but you know when i can you know providing comprehensive care was something that i found very very gratifying yeah so we're going to switch into the second quadrant here of questions related to pros so how long is training for for pros uh including like any additional fellowships internships i know uh, i had a couple classmates that did some fellowships like in implants um and at the time that was an emerging uh subspecialty or part of the uh of the uh, specialty as well so how long is your pros program any other thoughts for fellowships Tell us a little about that as well. Yeah. Um, sorry, one second. Hold on, Arlo. I'm, I'm busy right now. Give me one second, okay? 
Yeah, uh, so the Props residency is three years long. Um, that program, um, I think most Props residencies are three years. Um, and if you are interested in doing maxillofacial or um, some sort of implant fellowship, that's usually, that's tacked on at the end. Um, if, like in this optional, for example, there's one um, third year resident who's graduating right now from our program and he's going straight into Harvard for maxillofacial. And so, you can choose those things if it, you know, if it kind of sparks your interest. Um, but here at USC, one thing I really like about USC is they, they're, they're really trying to drive prosthodontists into the surgical aspect as well. So we have like an implant placement requirement. Like we're really learning a lot. Like there's a lot of implant knowledge that, you know, I thought I knew about implants, but you know, <laughs> already in this first year, like there's a, there's a lot more out there. So, you know, I think, um, depending on the program you go to, each program has their different strengths. You know, USC particularly is really strong with the literature and um, with treatment planning. And um, they're stepping into the surgical realm a little bit more, like I said. So um, yeah, you, they just expose you to just the wide range of pros and you kind of just blaze your own path within that, that lane. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the most unique part about pros? Like, what, what do you think is the most unique part about the specialty? Um, I would say the, the expensive nature of, like, the, the cases that you encounter. Um, you know, I think one cool thing that I've found is the, the, big, the larger cases that are kind of just showing up into our chairs, like, for screenings. Now, after doing this for, you know, a couple months, because the first half of our first year, we're kind of just in preclinic, just a calibration sort of thing. But then they uh, unleashed us on patients back in October. And just in that time already, I've just learned so much. And initially, if a case comes in my chair and, you know, every tooth is bombed out or every tooth is kind of worn down or teeth are missing here and there. And you know, I feel like initially I would I would have gotten overwhelmed. Um, but I think pros so far in my education, I've learned sort of a systematic way to approach yeah. each case. So yeah. like, it's a system, like, and you just see it like, all right, what's the issues here? You know, like, what do we got? Like some vertical dimension collapse. All right, boom. What do we, how can we solve that? What's the issues? What are the ideological factors that are contributing to this case? And so you kind of work your way out and then eventually the treatment plan, it'll, as you work through those different factors, treatment plan just falls into your lap. It's like, okay, boom, done. Yep. Yep. So easier, easier said than done, of course, but it's just the system. As long as you kind of work that through, then, then you should be in good shape. Yeah, yeah. What What are some of the reasons why you think someone should consider becoming a prosthodontist? Like, what What, what are some of the reasons why they should do it? Um, I say, like, you know, if you're if you're uh, interested in really kind of providing comprehensive dentistry to, like, and you know, working on comprehensive cases, large scale cases. Um, you know, I think in dental school, growing up, growing through dental school, like I, every time I saw a prosthodontist, I felt like they were just like, just this ball of knowledge that I just could never have. Cause I felt like <laughs> a prosthodontist is just like, they're just like here. And not to say that, that I don't think that that's still true, but it's just like, I just can see that the dedication to kind of learning the literature and understanding reasons behind why we do what we do. I think that is what's so valuable. Um, and, you know, in our school here, I'm uh, doing rotations with the pre-docs. Like I do a CAD cam rotation uh, every like Thursday afternoon or something like that. And some of the things that they just don't understand that I very clearly understand because I've kind of been through it. Um, I think they, they just look up to us. And so it's like, yeah. you know, they walk through the halls and they're kind of looking at our articulators and like there's the student character. He's like, wow, your articulator is so clean. So beautiful. And, like, it's just simple stuff. But, like I can show you how to do that. And I think just like, being a prosthodontist or being a process resident, you're just going to be looked up to. So I don't know if that was the initial question, but I, that's kind of no, the that's, down, that's, yeah, that's, spot, yeah. that's spot on, you know, uh, yeah. but you know, there's a, a, that's another side of it too, right? Let's, so let's flip it and rewind it. <laughs> Why should someone not consider pros? Like what are some reasons, what things about pros are, <laughs> are, are, you know, unique to pros that if a person doesn't have these qualities or doesn't like to do X, Y, and Z, they should not consider pros. <laughs> if you don't like lab work, do not do pros. Do why is that? Why pros. is that? Tell everybody. There why. is a lot of lab work. A lot. I like, think a lot is, is, a, is a little word for <laughs> right. how much. <laughs> yeah, that lab is like, you know, some days I can live in that lab. Like it, 
it it's a lot. Um, first year we uh, we first started a wax up course. So I do a wax up course every Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to midnight with uh, like one of the volunteer faculty that comes in. And basically we do full mouth wax ups on our own casts just so that we can prepare when patients come in that we can do a full diagnostic wax up ourselves. Eventually we can send those things to the lab, but we have to learn the techniques. We have to learn exactly how like the details, each tooth, dental morphology. There's a lot of lab work. There's a lot of like every patient you see, you take a diagnostic cast, you take a face bowl and you mount the case. Like you're in that lab, custom trays. It's all on you. So yeah, a lot gonna, of lab work. I was going to say, I had, again, I mentioned my classmate, uh, that Prosodonis and, uh, that's the one thing he said, the, the lab work. And it's almost like <laughs> you all as residents should get a, should get a C, CDT certificate, certified dental <laughs> right. technician uh, certificate for all the lab work. Because, I mean, you, I mean you, you're doing all your cases too, right? For the most part. Yeah, just about. Uh, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Um, when it comes down to the ceramic and the zirconia frameworks and stuff like that, those things are going out. But even now, like, I think they're printing off like uh, metal frameworks and CAD yes. So they're starting to open those things up. Um, and uh, yeah it's it's there yeah. uh but yeah like even like immediate dentures i don't know before i got to, to usc i never seen a denture made like that like i knew i learned about it in dental school and i've made dentures over the years it just goes to the lab and it comes back but no like i'm setting teeth flasking deflasking i'm like what yeah. is this yeah. and, and, yeah, and, keep it, and keep in mind we mentioned digi digital dentistry guess what <laughs> they're they're printing dentures out now two or yep, three visits yep. that's it so yeah the technology uh and the workflow especially um that you are training in and being a part of and seeing what that system is like uh mm -hmm. digital dentistry is even enhancing that that workflow uh especially Absolutely. as a process as a as well hey this is dr darwin your new dentist coach hey look it's residency time. It's residency application time. And the biggest question that a lot of people have is how do I prepare my application? So look, if you're struggling in getting your information together, your CV, your personal statement, or you're ready but not prepared for your interviews, reach out to me ASAP, right? Right through my group, Dental Residency Headquarters. We can help you. We can help you get ready for this residency cycle so that you're able to do this. We want you to match, match into residency cycle this, this year, all right? But you got some work to do. If you need some help with that application, shoot me an email at newdentistcoach at gmail.com, newdentistcoach at gmail.com. And through our program called Get Into Dental Residency, we can help you, we can help you, but you gotta hurry up because residency application is right now it's right now. So shoot me an email right now. All right, let's get back to this episode. So, uh, yeah, so, cool so, what's your, so what's your typical day like as a, as a, as a resident, as a prize resident? Well, it varies from semester to semester, but most days for me, I'm up like maybe five or five 30. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's early, especially cause I mean, I got, I mean, you heard my son, so he's, he's out there <laughs> hanging out, but, uh, like he, I got a two-year-old here. So most days, you know, I got to try to get up before the house is up just so I can get work done. Like right now, like I got treatment planning on my second screen here and, you know, I just kind of crank it out before the house gets up. And then if I got class, uh, most days class either starts at eight or 7.30 on some days. So um, if it's on Zoom, I'll take it here or I'll go to the library at school. Um, and then I've got patient care for half the morning. And now we just started like our summer semester. So it's strictly clinic time every afternoon. So uh, clinic or lab time, you know, so I just kind of schedule my patients accordingly. And then any lab work I need, I just kind of block that time out. And, uh, you know, literature reviews, I got papers to read, I got articles to summarize and so, yeah, and then most days I try to get in bed by nine-ish, I try, but if I've got a deadline to meet, some days I have gone to sleep at, like this past week, I went to sleep at one, and then I had to wake up at 5.30, and then I did that three days back to back, and so I burned out a little bit last yeah. week, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a grind, so, man, it's like dental school yeah. on steroids. <laughs> on steroids, yep. If, if there's ever <laughs> such, uh, any such thing, but yeah. Yes. How, how many patients do you see on a uh, on a daily basis when you're in clinic? 
So here, uh, it's not really like we're not very volume based um, because our case is like, even though a procedure in private practice, like, uh, you know, I don't know, data collection or maybe implant impression, stuff like that might take, you know, an hour long appointment. Most times the morning slot is for one appointment and the afternoon slot is for one appointment. So two patients, really, unless we're just doing screenings, which Tuesday mornings for us is screening at the clinic. So I'll screen a patient Tuesday morning. And then if I need lab work to do, uh, I'll schedule that. 1300 for lab or I'll schedule another patient in for that data collection. So uh, then there's night clinic on Thursdays. So I think at max, the expectation is probably three patients, but with each patient comes just a whole slew of things that need to be done. So that's why I'm not like cranking out 10 patients in a day. Cause I just don't have, I wouldn't have the time and you know, the quality I think would start to diminish if I'm cranking out 10 full like rehab cases in a day, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. What uh, we're talking about cases and, and you've had a chance even as a first year resident to do some cases or at least inherit some cases or continue mm. some cases. What's been the most challenging uh, uh, procedure that you are actually working on or or actually have com- completed so far as a as a process resident? Um, I would say so. So far, just starting our treatment planning um, I didn't, I didn't personally inherit any cases from the upperclassmen aside from a few emergency cases here and there, but um, I've treatment planned six full mouth rehabilitations that I've just started treatment on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the, the things I've done so far, just kind of like relining provisionals and, you know, doing like immediate conformative provisionals for extractions that are being done. And so I think the most challenging thing so far is just understanding that workflow because, you know, as a general dentist, you know, I've practiced for five years in the Navy as I said, and so I haven't done any, this, this level of um, like a comprehensive case, so to speak, like I've done single units, I've done like multiple units, but I've never done 16 units at once. I've never had, you know, four implants placed at the same time and trying to restore them while uh, creating conformative provisionals. So I think just kind of organizing the workflow and, um, you know, the expectations for each uh, appointment, that's kind of been the most challenging just because it's just, I'm just used to being like here. So it's really just trying to expand my mind to understand like the, the bigger picture and why we're doing each appointment. So yeah, yeah. I that think makes yeah, sense. that more so. Yeah. What's what's the most common procedure uh that, um, that you that you've been doing that you I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of um like not a lot of full arch cases, but definitely a lot of just like multiple implant like framework um deliveries. Uh I have seen a couple of full arch zirconia cases uh, by some of the upperclassmen that they're delivering now because they're graduating going out the door. So um, I think that that's been pretty, pretty cool to see, but um, those, yeah, those are pretty common. Just there's a lot of implant dentistry here. So yeah, restoring yeah. implants, um, that's like huge in process. Yeah, sure. And, and uh, for many of those that may or may not know that are listening and watching, you know, even in the U.S., there are certain segments of the of the country that typically have been a little bit more progressive in certain procedures, uh, or even certain materials that are used. And usually, California over the last fifty years has always been one of those states or regions of the country where uh, certain procedures, certain materials are kind of like used first before they kind of migrate <laughs> over to other parts of the U.S. Um, and so I'm not surprised to hear that, uh, you know, some of your most common procedures now that you're seeing are a lot of those full arch zirconia cases that are attached to, uh, implants, you know, you know, doing implant supported dentistry Mm -hmm. as part of those rehabs as well. So, um, so what, what is the most memorable case that you've worked on, uh, or procedure that has given you like the best feeling in the world? Well, my, one of my first, or probably my second, yeah, my second or third rehab case, um, patient was severely perio involved. Um, she had numbers, uh, all of her maxillary molars were extracted and her mandibular incisors are gone. Um, and, uh, I, I saw her for the initial appointment. I took the impressions, kind of did my workup, uh, treatment plan is for pretty much full arch maxilla. And then we're going to restore some of the additional spaces with, um, just, uh, segmented splinted implants. And so for the last appointment last month, um, I fabricated a provisional from six to 11 from like, I did a wax up on the, uh, the impression that I took on the stone cast that I poured up. 
And so I had Perio extract the incisors and same day I, I had the teeth prepped same day I delivered that thing. And I was like, like, it was like, it was, it looked nice. Like it looked nice. And it was sturdy. Um, and the patient looked at it. She was like, I love it. And it wasn't even my, like, it wasn't even my best work. Cause you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a first year. Like I'm just playing around in the lab and I worked, I worked a long time on that thing. Yeah. I made three yeah. of them even just in case um, the margins weren't, weren't right on the one that I love. So I had to put that to the side and I put the second one in and then it sat perfectly and she loved it. So I was like, yeah, that's, it's just the first step, but you know, that, that gave me the, the tinglys. I was like, yeah, this, this is it right here. Yeah, sure. man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When those, those trans, when those transformations happen, it's, 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 spe- it's special, right? Oh, you got yeah. a little, little oh, tingling yeah. feeling and yeah. patients get a little tingling. You might get a little tear. Right. It's just a good feeling. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, not all, not all days are like that, though. <laughs> you have some tough spots. So what, what's the toughest oh, yeah. part about your, 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 your training or your, your role as a, as a future board certified uh, prosthodontist? What, what's, the, what's the most uh, toughest part about your, about your role so far? Um, I would say um, yeah, maybe a couple of things. So like, in our first year, we also learned dental photography, which is huge. Mm. Huge. documentation documentation yes. of your cases is yes. major not only for your portfolio but also for you know medical legal purposes and for treatment planning for patients to be able to kind of understand what your thought process is yep. so um and i really took to that like i i love dental photography like i love it like just being able to kind of i learned like all the you know the iso the f-stops all this and that and just like the technical aspect of it and being able to diagnose what's wrong with this picture on the flies i'm taking it in the mouth um that's been that's been tough initially and it's still some days like you know it kills my back physically because like you're hovering over a patient with a you know yeah it's like a yeah. six pound camera and it, i got a ring flash and it's just it's a lot so it's physically taxing it can be physically taxing on my body at the end of the day i try to do some yoga or like you know fix my posture or something like that so i'd say the physical nature of what what is required of you like both in the clinic and in the lab kind of hunched over a bench for multiple hours um at a time Yep. Some days I don't get lunch, um, you know, on purpose because, you know, I just kind of get in the zone. Um, I say that has probably been the most challenging, but that's dentistry in general, too. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, no dentist yeah. is a stranger to, to the taxing nature on your body. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, between that and, uh, yeah, just getting the picture just right. Because some days, you know, the tongue ain't going to listen. No. Some days, like, everything's fogging up and I'm yep. just, like, sitting there sweating, <laughs> holding a camera. I'm like, all right, yep. that's it. That's it. <laughs> We're going to pick this up next week. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, there'll be some new inventions coming out where you have your camera in a certain position and there's a robot that just moves around. Right. And and you're sitting back like this and you're just kind of like moving the robot like you're driving a car and takes a picture and boom, save your back, save your neck. Let me work on that. Yeah, work work on that. Matter of fact, yeah, don't even go talk about it. Yeah, cut, yeah. cut that part out. Cut that just, part out. just put my name down as one of the co-authors <laughs> and the co-inventors. We'll work it out. No, no, Philly, no, Philly and Jersey represent. That's how we'll do it. That's how no we'll doubt. do it. So we're gonna move into the the last quadrant here, the fourth quadrant here, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about lifestyle, and then we're gonna <clears> give you guys some some bonus questions with regards to um, uh, some tips. So hours per week how many hours do you say you're 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 doing as a pros resident how many hours a week per week Ugh. do you think you're related to oh, i'd say pros on on average um maybe time i'm spending at school like some days anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day i really shoot to not have to go in on the weekends um i've only done it maybe like three times since I started the program. Um, okay. And not to say that, you know, some days you got to get something done. So I got to go in on a Saturday and, you know, like my family's going to understand, but I really try to spend time with my family as much as possible, maximize that time. So the weekends I try to leave clear from going to school, but like I said, I was up at five 30 this morning. So I guess you can count those hours too. Cause I'm still working <laughs> on this presentation here. So yeah, man. Um, yeah. Try to be present, you know, like in and out, but let's yeah, see you. Yeah. 12 times five plus another maybe 20, you know. That's 80. Yeah, that would be yeah, 80. Yeah, about, yeah, 80. Yeah, we're probably looking at that per week. Now, you what know, about sleep? How many hours of sleep do you get a night? Like me, I can't 
I can't function if I'm like really sleep deprived. And, you know, like I've been listening to a lot of like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Stevenson, like the model health show. That's like a podcast that I've been listening to. And he, he wrote this book, sleep smarter. And basically like he just cites all these studies and, you know, stuff that I knew, but like, if you're not sleeping, you, you literally can function as if you're like, you know, impaired, like by like, yeah. like, like almost similar to like alcohol impairment. Like, yeah. so yeah. your productivity goes down, your ability to focus goes down, your ability to execute is just shot. So a lot of times, you know, burning the candle on both ends for six months at a time, uh, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah, yeah you're not doing really yourself any favors. So you, I shoot for. So, no, I so say you, you shoot for. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I so I really shoot to get at least like maybe six to seven um, every night. That's my target. Like I've set reminders in my phone, like my sleep monitor. Like you know, the, the iPhone has that uh yep, sleep. Yeah. Uh, so and the watches like, and some, stuff have yep, stuff on yep, them as well. Me, like time, <laughs> like some days, like, I told you, I have that wax up class on Wednesday night. So. I was sitting in class and then my watch goes off like, oh, it's time to sleep. I'm like, we ain't doing that tonight. So, <laughs> so some days I ignore it, but I really just try to set a goal for that. And then if I miss the goal, then, you know, I just kind of, I deal with it. That way. Are you a day or night person? I used to be a night person, honestly, before I had, before I had a kid, like I, I really, I could do all nighters any, any day of the week and I would have no problem. Right. But for, I don't know if it's because I'm just trying to kind of just, get up before he's up and execute work at that time of day or also being in the military you know a lot of early mornings too yeah um so that probably has something to do with it as well but i would say absolutely like as soon as 10 o'clock rolls around i am starting to feel the the, the heat in the eyes i'm like all right it's gonna it's gonna be a rough one if i didn't have coffee in the afternoon so yeah yeah definitely okay. definitely am 100 gotcha favorite color what's your favorite color hmm Gotta be that Columbia blue. That Columbia blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your favorite food and drink? Mm. You know, uh, food is probably probably gotta be oxtails. I love me some oxtails. Ah, okay. I love me some oxtail. Yeah, and and uh, my mom, we Haitian, so my mom she makes this thing. Our Haitians make this thing called legume. So rice, it goes with white rice. It's usually just like a bunch of vegetables and like they toss some meat in there, like a a stew or ragu sort of thing. But yeah, rice and legume and oxtails. Those are definitely my two. All right. And drink. What's your favorite drink? I I saw you sipping on some coffee or something similar. Yeah, coffee. Coffee is what gets me through the day. And I've been uh, drinking this. uh, This is mushroom coffee. So a lot of like cordyceps mushroom. It's like good for like brain brain cells going. So I've been doing that for Sigmatic. Not, not this, the plug for Sigmatic, but for Sigmatic has a great cordyceps mushroom coffee. Love it. Gotcha. Favorite place to visit? Ooh, favorite place to visit. Shoot, I would say home. home. <laughs> like, wherever home is. Yeah, That's it's right. good to be home. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually heading to Philly, hopefully, at the end of the summer. So I uh, haven't seen my parents in a minute. But, um, yeah, not that, you know. This this is home too, so I can like just home in general, wherever home is. That's that's my favorite place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. call it that. Cool. Yeah. So, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not at school? You know, kind of working on you know as part of your responsibility and role as a as process resident. What's your favorite thing to do outside of school? You know, like I just like chilling. You know, like. Uh, I play basketball, uh, lift weights. Uh, we got a little gym set up in the backyard here. Man, just chilling with the family is definitely my my number one favorite thing to do. Because you know, if I could just lay back and kick it and just kind of just have those those moments that you ain't gonna get back. You know, like we're we're, we're only getting older, so you know, just gotta experience that time with the fam. And lately, yeah. I've been kind of messing around with like, you know, stock market and cryptocurrencies and like kind of technical analysis like i find that stuff interesting i feel like if i if i wasn't doing dentistry i'd probably doing something with like like stock options or something like that like it's just i find that stuff cool fascinating yeah yeah gotcha gotcha hey this is dr darwin are you looking for some mentorship some accountability some help with getting all of this application and getting into dental school and getting into residency and then just your life as a new dentist, look, I'm having monthly, twice a month, live coaching sessions and office hours so we can talk about all of that. I don't want you to struggle with the application process. I don't want you to struggle uh, with getting ready for interviews. 
I don't want you to struggle about what list of schools and programs to apply to. We talk about all of that in our group, our monthly group called Dr. Darwin On Demand. Dr. Darwin On Demand. Check it out down below here. And then also, if you're interested and you want to get that help so you don't have to struggle anymore so that you can get some mentorship, some accountability, and some help, hit this link right here. Hit that link right there so we can get you signed up and enrolled today. Today. Your future starts today. And I'm here to help you. This is Dr. Darwin. And join my members-only community called Dr. Darwin On Demand. Look forward to seeing you soon, okay? Now back to this episode. Enjoy. What is, uh, what is one of the most common tips or oral health advice that you give to your patients? Um, I would say fluoride, you know, like fluoride, fluoride is probably one of, that's one of the best things we can, we can do. Like, you know, I, uh, my program director always says, um, there's nothing that we can do in dentistry that's going to make anybody's teeth any stronger except for fluoride, which is true. Cause you know, in order to modify a tooth to, to see the crown or like, you know, repair, like anything I do to the tooth, I'm not gonna make it any better. So Fluoride, you know, let the patient do their part, oral hygiene and fluoride. And literature that we're reading, you know, like I think uh, a lot of it, like you'll just see that the impact of oral health on the longevity of these restorations that we're doing, like it's really, that's that's one of the main factors. Um, so yeah, fluoride, oral hygiene. Yeah, especially with restorations that uh, we know are not going to last a lifetime. It'll, right. it'll last them some, you know, some years, mm-hmm. uh, probably longer than the car that they'll have, the first car that they'll have, right? Or the tires right. of the car that they should have, because uh, right. they're still going to bite and chew. But yeah, that I think the oral hygiene instructions and the importance of making sure that certain types of foods and drinks um, help to sustain those restorations and just sustain your overall oral health. Uh, are is it are important instructions to give to people and you know people take it for granted right uh it don't hurt they can't see it they can't feel it they assume that it's okay it's all good (laughs) right it's all good um so two last questions and we'll wrap it up here tips three tips for aspiring future board certified prosthodontic uh residents or board certified prosthodontists what, what are some tips, knowing what you know now, what you've been uh, exposed to as a, as a first year going to your second year of residency? What are some tips of advice for those that are looking to potentially join you uh, as, as a process specialist? I would say, um, like, what do you mean? Like, as far as, like, application processes or, like, just, like, in general to get to that point? Like just, just, just in general, right? Because yeah, I'm, I'd I'm say- sure there's, there's been different parts for you along your journey to where you are mm-hmm. now, uh, some of which many people don't still don't really understand how to, you know, how to make this something that they aspire to as well. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I would say, number one, definitely you want to stay current. Um, you know, I, I got my uh, FAGD last summer. Um, and so that continuing education, it, it, it's big. big. You know, it's big. It's big, not only in the application process, but also just in general, you know, and not just staying current for the sake of staying current, but staying current because you, you're actually interested in, you know, what's happening in dentistry. I think uh, as a prosthodontist or as a prosthodontic resident, it's just critical that you actually care about what the, what the prognosis is for the stuff that you're planning to do for a patient um, and why, you know, I think knowing that why. So definitely number one is staying current. Um, two, uh, just, uh, I don't know, in the Navy, we have this, this term called embrace the suck. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but you just got to embrace it and know that you are there for, like, you are working towards something. So just uh, don't give up if you, you know, don't get discouraged if you feel like you're, you're just climbing up a hill that's impossible to reach. You know, I'd say just if, if, it, if it hurts, then, you know, you're, you're probably doing something right because that means that the path less traveled is usually not the one that you, uh, or how does that saying go? The road, the road less traveled. 
Just just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Just yeah, embrace just, it. Don't embrace, don't embrace it. Embrace, embrace it. the yeah, things it. that suck about your progression and, exactly. and the process of getting you to reach your goal, right? Exactly. Embrace the yeah, suck. Yeah. I like that. Embrace embrace the suck. So people um, so people know. Yeah. 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 It's not gonna be easy. Um, and uh, I guess lastly, we we have a saying also in the Navy, um, semper gumby. So just always be flexible because uh, you know your path that you're gonna take. You know it may not be exactly how you wrote it out, but you know I say just kind of remain flexible in what you were willing to to learn from other people. Um, you know, grab, get a good mentor and just kind of just keep your mind open. Um, and just try not to, to hone in too hard on one specific detail or one specific um, route that you think that you absolutely need to take. You know, just kind of open up your mind a little bit and just expand your horizons. Get a good mentor. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, got to stay fluid. Mm-hmm. Got to be fluid. Mm-hmm. That's why water is two thirds of the, of the planet here. Right. right? Be, so, like, be like water. Be like water. And that means... <laughs> Your body has to be like water and your process and getting to your goals, you have to be fluid and be flexible. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, one last question deals with our profession in dentistry uh, and, and how we also re- are kind of somewhat part of med- medicine, uh, at least. <laughs> Most of the dentists, we, we think we're part of medicine, but medicine doesn't <laughs> think we're part of of uh, of of their of their ranks but that's fine but uh more so about dentistry what's what's one thing one thing if you could change about our profession the dental profession uh what would it be and why you know i think this probably goes you know in the medical profession in general but you know i think i don't know i find that a lot of people won't won't seek preventative dental care they kind of just come to the dentist when something's broke um and i think uh it's just kind of important to understand that as providers you know as a dental provider at least i'm here to help you with the problems that have arisen but i personally like it's not my problem if that kind of makes sense uh so like patients sometimes feel entitled to like hey you owe me this, like you, you need to do this X, Y, and Z for me. Like I'm some sort of like, you know, like bank teller, like, you know, I provide you with a service and uh, you're going to like just that transactional relationship. I'm here to help with your problems, but you know, I'm not, I'm not responsible for what has happened here. So I think uh, I find that patients tend to put a lot of, a lot of onus on dentists in general to, to sort of be like magicians when, you know, preventative dentistry is the best dentistry. So um, I'd say just kind of that mindset shift. Yeah, and 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 I think that's a big issue that we have in, in the profession, primarily because there's less there's less emphasis and there's less reimbursement and there's less gratification <laughs> placed on the preventative side versus the reimbursement that goes to a root canal, uh, mm-hmm. a, a crown or uh, an implant, all of things that are procedures due to caries, which is the number one chronic disease in children, but it's also the number one most preventable disease. Easy. So it goes back back to prevention again, right? So until we get to that point where, uh, uh, like uh, like it is in some of the medical models, where you're able to really hone in on the prevention side of some things and actually have diagnostic codes that are associated with mm-hmm. what is the root cause of this, uh, of this procedure that you are treatment planning until we kind of make that, that paradigm shift into somewhat of the medical model. Um, it's always going to be, on the back end, which is well, we're gonna we'll fix the problem af- after the, right. the problem has already destroyed the tooth, spiral exactly, <laughs> and cause exactly. the tooth to have to be extracted. <laughs> right. Well, let or me get my it. magic wand and let me just fix it up real quick. And yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's and, almost, and another another thing I'm seeing that I that I really don't like is like I'm seeing a lot of this um, dental tourism 
And so like, yeah, people trying to going back to the financial aspect, people trying to save a buck, but they want, you know, like this certain level of dentistry. And then I'm seeing like, for example, there's this Instagram page I saw there it's a clinic, I guess, in, in the DR or something like that. And when I tell you, I don't know what they're doing, but they look like just, they're just slapping chiclets on teeth and it just looks, it looks bad. Like it looks bad. And so like, the, yeah. and, and then the patients are coming back thinking like, oh yeah, this is, this is what dentistry is. And this is what dentistry should be. I'm going to tell you what I want and then you're going to do it. And then I guess I think that this, this looks good, but like just going through that, that clinic's page, I won't name it, but I'm just looking at every case and yeah. every case is a cookie cutter and yeah. every case looks like, like, I don't even want to know what, what kind of diagnostic workup they've, they've done for those kind of things. So. Yeah. And you bring up a great point, man. It deals with the whole notion of dental consumerism. Right. Mm -hmm. Where dentistry is mm -hmm. a commodity. You know, you can there's a dentist in every quarter, so you can be able to get whatever you want. Somebody's gonna right. do it. Right. right. And exactly. uh that is a that is an issue, that is a problem. Uh, but for many of us that know uh and had have experience in helping people, uh, we also know that the word N O is a complete sentence, as in no, Miss Jones, that's not what I recommend. Uh, but you're more than welcome to get a second opinion. Yep. And, and and sometimes, you know, we have to say no to a patient. So eventually the patients can say yes, as in, yes, Dr. Webb, I want you to fix my mouth now, even though I've right. gone to uh, X, Y, and Z, and you got to do it all over again. You know, mm -hmm. patients don't understand that. And it's right. a lot of it's due to the fact that, uh, you know, Dentistry is now at some at some level for some people considered to be a commodity, and you got right. you know uh, uh, co consumerism and well if you won't do it, Dr. Hayes will do it. But they don't know mm -hmm. Dr. Hayes gonna say no too. Right, right. <laughs> but 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 someone will say someone yes. Will. Someone mm -hmm. will say won't say yes. So two great yeah, things about about you know, things that we could change about our profession uh, in dentistry, and this has been so so helpful uh and learning a little bit more about you but also about your training and pros and what it's uh what life is like as a prize resident uh so this has been very helpful man what's the best way for people to get in contact with you if they have some more questions or just want to reach out to you uh regarding yeah, uh, uh pros? yeah uh, i'm on instagram at dj webstar two b's two r's um you can also uh email me um webster.k.felix at gmail um you know if you have any questions at all uh please feel free to just reach out you know i'm, I'm an open book you know most times i i respond within a day or two if i'm if i'm not tied up but you know i'll let you reach out sounds good man well i'm glad we reached out glad you helped out today in this episode of four quadrants of questions 32 questions with pros resident Hopefully, guys, this has been helpful. Uh, check out these next set of videos as well. Hopefully, these will help you. And that's our time. Love, peace, and smiles. We'll see you on the next video. See you on the next video. Thanks. Hope you liked that one. It was a favorite of mine as well. Stay tuned as we have more episodes just like that. Until then, love, peace and smiles. See you next time.